doing it, Steph. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special St. Valentine's edition of Ignite Radio Live. We're the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Live in studio with two very special guests, live where it's much warmer <laughs> um, in their own little makeshift studio, so to speak. They're going to bring the heat, though, tonight. Yeah, they are. What are we talking about? And do we reveal our special guests? We will in just a moment. So, folks, we are quickly approaching Lent, which is what? It's an invitation for us to more fully discover God alive personally in our marriages and in our families. And it's worth asking the question. How much further are we this year versus last year? You know, there's all those things that you could give up and sacrifices and focus, but the number one question is, are we committing to things that will make us closer to the heart of Christ, holier? And we're inviting you, if you're like us and you desire more than just moments of encounter, more than just connect the dots. So think of that as a portrait, a connect the dot picture. Loved it as a kid, but as we get older, we want a Picasso, don't we? We want a Rembrandt. So if your heart is pining for a Rembrandt, right? Rich and flush and full of texture and contour. If you want more than a field of dry bones, Ezekiel 37, right? God is offering it to us. He's pouring it out. And we invite you to join us in taking the steps to cooperate in receiving that grace this Lent in your marriage and in your family. Well, where can you find out more? I'm glad you asked. Check it out at ilovemyfamily.us, ilovemyfamily.us. It's a seven-week challenge, and if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the link to the seven-week challenge. We're inviting you to join a number of us who are committing to talk and pray in a meaningful way on a weekly basis. Now, I know that meets you with trepidation, awkwardness, challenges. How am I going to do this with my family in a meaningful way? We're too busy. Well, I'll tell you, there are literally dozens and dozens of families that have a lot of kids, a lot of activities that are doing this, and it's transformative. So I'm encouraging you right now to begin praying about saying yes to committing to the seven-week challenge, talking and praying for seven weeks during Lent. We provide a gathering guide. It's a lot of fun based upon Sunday readings. Just do it. Okay, so with no further ado, we're going to introduce our guests. We're so blessed tonight to talk about the theme of love. And you've heard us, that's the heart of the gospel, right? God is love, a community of persons pouring themselves out into one another. And uh, that's what marriage is meant to be, an icon of the Trinity, right? Mutual self-giving love. And so we're blessed tonight to have two very special people very close to us. One is a a Colin Stroud, and the other is an Anne-Marie Schleter, who is no stranger (laughs) to our airwaves. You have the article in front of your name. I know, and I have to to say, right out out of the gates here, I have to say to, to Colin, just, buddy, I admire the way you held up to formidable vetting by your girlfriend's family, much more than the old man with a shotgun on his lap. Man, you did awesome, and it merits my total respect. And you can maybe tell us a story some other time. But we're so delighted to have you, Anne-Marie and Colin. How are you guys doing? Oh, it's so good to be here. <laughs> we're doing great. How about that, that for was, an that introduction? That was the best day of my life. I... Yeah, I'm sure it was. Can I tell a quick story? <laughs> what are they going to say, no? <laughs> we are just so chill tonight, let me tell you. And I just, as... Uh, Greg was speaking of love and what you guys will be talking about. First of all, I want to give you a little plug. Um, uh, encouraged by Soundboy Dominic Schleter <laughs> Soundboy, in the radio room. room. Um, 
that I feel a little intimidated because like we have the world renowned Colin and Annie from the Colin, Colin and, and Annie, Annie Show podcast. <laughs> oh, the world renowned, yes. Yes. Yet to be. You guys so, got like 300 followers or so listeners, check right? it out. All so right, far. so my story, that's going to be that. part of a little uh, teaser intro something, even though it has nothing to do with you per se, but just the topic tonight. So as Greg mentioned, love... I had this little image flashback of about 12 years ago of mm. Dominic, our youngest son, sound boy, um, in church. And he was starting to dink around a little bit after communion and, you know, a little rascally. Is that a word? Sure. Go with it. Um, and I leaned over to him and I said, Dominic, you need to close your eyes and fold your hands and say a little prayer to Jesus and be quiet. And so being the obedient child that he used to be, no, being the obedient child that he is, he scrunched up his eyes and he folded his hands and he started singing very quietly, love, love me do, you know <laughs> Little Beatles I love boy. you. So yeah, so as we talk about love, let that be our intro just as it's love is meant to image the Trinity, right? And pour forth in that way. And, you know, Dominic gave great evidence of that, bringing it to the Eucharist, bringing it to Mass, Taking this incarnate, yes, song would and be proud, absolutely. So, um, folks, just to set it up a little more, so we have with us our wonderful eldest daughter, Anne Maria Senior, at Ave Maria University. Colin Stroud <laughs> is a sophomore. Uh, Colin Stroud's dad, by the way, no stranger to Catholic airwaves, is a wonderful doctor who has blessed many in this area with the Napra thing. And um, he has his own national program, and we're very blessed to know the Strouds as a family in the Fort Wayne, South Bend, Indiana area. And um, they're dating. They've been dating for over a year, and for us to know them, we know that that's more than just kind of a nice little cultural convention it is an occasion of living out fully their call to be holy to seek god's will and his purpose and i don't want to steal their thunder but as parents i could say i i i couldn't be more proud as a father steph as a mother of course in seeing their journey and interacting with them about it and the decisions they've made and how they've blessed each other and so uh as we enter this new stage in the schleter family you've heard our kids for many years now younger age and now you know things i don't say they're getting serious it's just entering into that realm that horizon of of decision making and responding more fully and so that obviously includes the the decision to um enter into relationship with another in the case of Anne Marie and Colin uh, for them obviously the telos is you know a consideration of God's plan for marriage and all of that without which it loses its purpose and uh, that's all that's all I'm going to say about it except now to put them and in, uh, invite them to share with us a little bit about how they are helping their peers on the campus of Ave Maria to maybe explore more fully the meaning God's plan and design of dating so the stage is yours tell us about your dating night project and certainly maybe even begin by telling us a little bit about your own story. Well, I, I well, thanks for, yeah, thanks for that intro. It was, it was funny because we were reflecting the last time that we were on the radio program yes. was, was the first time I'd ever spoken to you guys. <laughs> so we weren't I even remember. dating. Right. And you brought us on. And the first thing you said was I said, hello. And you said, oh, what a nice deep voice you have. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, this guy, he seems, he seems great. <laughs> and it went downhill from that there. Is that what you're time. saying? <laughs> Yeah, that helps from there. No, no, no. But that was a good time. And so, yeah, we've been dating a little over a year now. And so that's been good. 
and um, and just to learn uh, to learn as you go. Like you just can't learn how to do it correctly mm-hmm. um, as you uh, like just from hearing you know hearing a podcast or 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 uh, or talking to your parents. Like you just kind of have to learn experience it a little bit. And so we learned all kinds of things, and any hit and more of that later, I guess. But um, yeah, I think the the thing the the dating project that Annie has really taken lead on has been really good. Uh, I guess you can talk about it, Annie. I'll just give a quick intro. Is that we just saw, um, we just saw that that people needed community and people needed to be mm-hmm. together. People needed to learn from each other because you have all these young twenty somethings uh, that are really holy and they're they're doing their holy hours every day in there and they're and they're living chastely and they're doing well in all those kind of categories. Mm-hmm. But but there's still so many other issues that that try you know, try and get things. Uh, trying to get things to work, and, and, and it's, a little, it's a little isolating sometimes because you're so busy with college, and then you you, need, you want to spend time with your, with your significant other, and then all of a sudden you you, uh, you talk about your problems with only them, and, and there's no sense of community in there. Mm. And so, so Annie, Annie started this, this dating project and has had a couple of these date nights on campus, and you want to talk about that a little, a little bit, Annie? Sure. Um, yeah, so we were just talking about, I think, whatever it was, or I remember thinking about, a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, but I was so excited to now be able to apply all these great Catholic <laughs> blog posts and podcasts and whatever to my dating life, and I didn't really find any um, that were supportive of relationships, and there was a lot of why you should break up with whoever, why you should keep waiting forever, why you should have your standards so high, et cetera, et cetera, and obviously those things are important for various seasons of life, but I wasn't seeing anything on how do you date well, Mm. how do you love well, how do you Mm. discern well, what does that even look like, what's that supposed to look like, because obviously if you're waiting, that waiting should be ordered towards an end, so Mm. inevitably, if you're called to vocation in marriage, you're going to start dating somebody, and we found in our lives just how people don't really take dating seriously, and I think it's because of that fear of we've all experienced the high school couple who's super obnoxious and they're 15 and they say that they're going to get married and they don't, you know, they don't breathe without consulting the other person. Um, But that's not what every dating relationship has to be. And I don't know. I was kind of like annoyed that people didn't take us seriously for a while of like, Oh, like you're dating. That's cute. You know, whatever. And it's like, it's not cute. Like (laughs) It's hard sometimes or whatever else Um, in, in the best possible way. But, um, yeah, so just with the date night, I was also, yeah, just kind of seeing the culture here, which Ave is such a great place, and we love it, um, but there's an element of just kind of weirdness about dating towards people who are dating from people who are single, and I really wanted to carve out a space where it was normal to be in a relationship and seek the Lord's will mm-hmm. um, in that context by availing ourselves to wisdom from people who are a couple seasons ahead of us. And we're so blessed to be in a place that there are awesome couples who are married, professors, faculty, staff, that whole situation, um, who are really willing to come and speak. So we've had RDs speak. Um, Last night we had the chair of the theology department and his wife, and they did a great job. And the format essentially is just kind of hang out. Um, We have alcohol for people who are over 21 and desserts and drinks and whatever else, and then um, they'll give kind of a 30-minute talk, and then what we've been trying to do if we don't go over is split into guys and girls and have about a 10-minute Q&A mm-hmm. and then come back together for a 10-minute 
general Q&A with um, everybody. And then people can hang out or whatever they want. Um, So, yeah, and another thing we did last night that for the first time that I think was really cool was I had everybody um, write their their names on a piece of paper, on the front piece of paper, so we would have Colin and Annie. And then on the back, it was one of their phone numbers, so my phone number and Annie. And then as the couples were leaving, they each couple pulled a slip of paper, and then they're supposed to contact that couple that they pulled to go on a double date with them oh, before fun. the next. That was pretty fun. So wonderful, I, and I love the audacity to just create a context of discovery, uh, of grace, which is to say certainly the transcendence, God's presence and love, but lived in the world. Word became flesh, and it sounds to me, as you said, you know, how do you date love and discern well? There's a human, we're human, right? And how do we kind of understand this and learn to do it well with the pressures around us, with the deception around us? So. If I could um, identify for you, for us a few of the maybe the prominent themes that you think are so important um, for people your age that maybe you've learned, both of you have learned from, or that you've heard spoken that have had some traction for people your age in considering dating and in dating. Um, I think it's so important to just remember that there's not a formula. And with this whole project, I started a website that we're trying to build. It's a blog. Um, no pun intended. It's called As the Builder Builds. Um, but basic. And when I started that, and as I'm growing that, um, my thing with it is not okay. Here's this place that you're going to come and learn how to do a relationship exactly, quote unquote, right. Um, and as Colin was saying, there's there's no, you know, there, there's just no formula. Um, and so I, with all of this, with everything that we're doing, whether that's just in one-on-one conversations with people or, or leading things or writing things, it's not to instruct people step-by-step, step, this is exactly what it is supposed to look like because there's so many nuances and so many things. And that's why I think community is so important and having a space where you can just be vulnerable and build each other up. Um, I think some things that I've learned um, have just been, yeah, the importance of just to, I guess, shift into more practical things, um, not taking everything personally. Um, <laughs> and that Does Colin well, have a yeah, big smile night, so. on his face? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but one of the things I was thinking, that was at the forefront of my mind because the couple we had to speak last night was talking about that. They actually went through um, the four loves, so C.S. Lewis's four loves, oh. and how to cultivate each of those loves in your relationship. And it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, and just having a, a healthy vulnerability um, is so good. And it's really interesting because there's a lot of we, – we definitely have discussions often um, where we're not – we don't always start in agreement, and I often am very, very, very emotional <laughs> at the um, offset of everything. Um And I love that about our relationship, though, even when I'm just that we have the freedom to because we've cultivated this place where we have the freedom to be honest emotionally Mm -hmm. um, and be vulnerable and talk through stuff and not necessarily feel like we have to hold back um, from what we're experiencing or feeling or how we feel about what the other person is saying or doing. Um, Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. There has to be a well. There has to be such a mutual respect, um, but it's but it's been good to not to just kind of <laughs> say things and just to go for mm-hmm. it. One of the things, yeah. What, one of the things I most took away from one of our dating nights uh, we had was uh, 
was like res- the, the mutual respect that comes and that is just necessary and fundamental for for dating and for marriage. That um, and one of the guys even brought up uh, that that in the in the physical intimacy of marriage, it actually requires more respect. Mm-hmm. Like there's another level of respect you have to get to because you can get so used to them, kind of mm-hmm. just whether they're around, just being around them a lot. Uh, you're like your spouse. There's actually like a demand for higher higher respect between the two, which I think is so cool. And yeah. and reverence. one of the things, that, yeah, reverence. That's that's maybe a better word than respect, but those two kind of go together. Um, but well, yeah, one of the things that struck me just the most about uh, one of these day nights that I've tried to take away is um, is the way that one of the guys was looking at his wife. So she oh was gosh. speaking, and she was just talking about whatever there. The, way, the story of how they got their first bank account together. And he looked at her with such reverence and such respect, more than, more than anything I've seen. When, uh, and it was just so inspiring. Like, okay, this is, what, this is what real love looks like. And they talked also about like, how you, you know, kind of how you date is how, how you would be married. And so, um, you know, that's a, thing, a good thing to keep in mind is, uh, <clears throat> is for your listeners and, you know, of all ages when they're advising their kids. And I think that's something that my, my parents are really taught is like, um, is the way you act now is always going to be how you act later, whether that's, mm-hmm. whether that's how you pray, whether that's how you work out, or that's how, I mean, you, you set a standard uh, for your life, especially at this age, and it kind of just carries out. And if you don't do it right now, uh, it's going to take, it's going to quite, quite the act of the will to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to change later. So that's been, I think, a good fruit of, of, of this time. Uh, Andy and I have learned in, the, in these dating projects is really, um, is really seeing, uh, seeing things like that so yeah what i love about this is quite often in christian circles and ever more fortunately even in secular conversations about dating marriage sexuality the focus tends to be on the prominent story which in college and others is a hookup culture and the realization that the average number of sex partners for men in college is nine and for women it's seven Mm -hmm. and so the focus tends to be rightfully so on do you realize the emotional, physical uh, toll, and then if they're even talking spiritual, and obviously that is a prominent message that many ought to hear, yes. But what I love about what you're talking about is there's a platform of those who've been blessed, not that you won't challenge, hopefully you, <laughs> you God designed us for intimacy with him, and it's realized in male and female relationships, Genesis 1, right? So, got that, but you're talking about how do we have a healthy, mature, enriching approach that isn't always, don't do that, but how do we acquire that sense of, of God alive? So, if I could press you a little further, sketch for us a little bit, maybe about the landscape of what your communication looked like and how you've grown in a year and a half. A person, maybe both of you, like, how have you both grown in your relationship? And maybe even sort of some lines that you had to draw uh, to kind of guide that so that it was balanced and you weren't all absorbing. And I, I'll just make the point here, presumed is that many get in relationships out of insecurity. They're looking to that other person to fulfill what only God can fulfill. That defines, I think, a lot of relationships. And it's let's face it, even if you're married, we're going to struggle with looking for God to uh, our, our partner, our wife, or spouse to fulfill. So that's always going to be a challenge. So back to the question. What are some things that you guys have learned? What are some lines that you have drawn in maturity to guide your pursuit of ever greater intimacy with God, greater holiness? One of the main things that I think is actually the most important thing is to believe the best about that person, and not in a Pinterest cliche way, but I know mm-hmm. for me, like, 
not assuming that Colin is out to get me um, mm. or that he is mad at me or whatever else um, and believing the best about his intentions because I think every time that we've kind of we've experienced conflict in our relationship, it has been complete misunderstanding. It hasn't even been really well-founded mm. um, in reality. And so I think that 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 is, I think, just a foundational truth that's so good of just whatever you're going into communication-wise um, of, of just like, okay, this person is good. Um, and something that I've been trying to do um, for, since I think before Christmas I started doing it, is every day, like, thanking Jesus for two really specific things about Colin um, mm-hmm. that I love about him or that I, I see in him. Because then that orders my mind um to his goodness when i'm when i'm going to encounter him um and it's not i'm thinking about him when i'm already tired and i'm already stressed and maybe somebody else did something to hurt me and so i'm not feeling that great about myself and then i like pour him into that um so i think foundationally for communication there's that i think another thing um and, and it just brings understanding like if there is something that that maybe i've done or he's done that is hurting the other person um that can be dealt with still on the foundation of this person is good and and it's not the end of the world. Colin, yeah, get, totally. And well, I, go ahead. Oh yeah, and I think um, I think something that that uh, that we something that's been funny is uh, you know I don't think anyone loves likes conflict. I think there's some weird people out there. They become lawyers and they like conflict, <laughs> but they um, uh, but but I found I found myself. Um, I found myself shying from it sometimes that we need to talk about things and, and I find myself just saying, sorry, 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 sorry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I found that it's actually not, not very manly and that, um, that to kind of stand up and, um, and to have the humility to say sorry, but not in a way that's um, kind of like sorry, to equate it to it, the sorry of uh, br- you know, frantically brushing some dust off of your shirt versus mm-hmm. taking time to hand wash your shirt. You see the differences yeah. between those two actions? Is that one, one ties, is like yeah. one ties into very core. intentional yeah. and slow, and the other one is, is kind of jumping around frantically. And I, my sorries have often been the brushing the dust off your shirt rather than sitting there and soaking and hand washing. And so I found myself, uh, and I feel like that's, what, that's the manly thing to do, is, is to just really say, I'm sorry once, and then... Accept, actually accept forgiveness because mm. when the other person says I forgive you to actually accept that so that's been that's been a really a really a huge thing um, another thing that Colin does that's so impactful um, I have been thinking about this last day I haven't said it to you so here we go um, but just when I'm really upset about something and I'm just like I'm in my when I'm upset about something I just shut down like I don't want to talk to anybody I want to go hide under my bed and like, I don't know why. I really have no outcome that I actually want. Um, I, but he's so good in how he'll just, he's like, what are you feeling? Like, what are you feeling right now? Um, and that is something I think that is also just, like, such a beautiful way that he pursues me is he's not necessarily focused on the facts of what happened, and he'll even say that. He just is focused on my heart and how my heart has received it and how we can, how he can speak truth into that, um, and and we can walk out of it. And that's, a, that's another thing too. Is it's just beautiful that um, he doesn't give it weight. Like if there's there's an argument um, or something like that, and he'll take me seriously. I'll take him seriously. That sort of thing. Um, but it's it's not this big 
weighty, heavy thing more than it needs to be or more than a couple moments. And I think that's something that we've grown into. Um, yeah, totally. So I got, sure, which I've got to just dive in because you said something, many things there that are gold, but one in particular, and you just said that when you have a conflict that he doesn't just focus on the facts of he said, she said, I did this, you did that, but on how you're feeling, how your heart received it, an attentiveness and a cultivation of your heart, which honestly, that is such a beautiful, formidable um, basis of a relationship with the nature of love. And I think any of us who are married, any mm-hmm. of you out there who are listening, just what a great grace to take a step when we face moments um, to really think with the heart of the Father and care for that soul. And combined with what you said, Annie, even earlier, that to presume the best, presume the best of the person, that these things ought not be these weighty, heightened things. So I want to ask you in a second about and paint a picture, because many you take for granted maybe things that you guys do that others couldn't even imagine doing. And I mean married couples, particularly prayer. And I'll say to you, if you don't know, even though you know around superstar couples who are engaged and leading their families in prayer or whatever, but just two weeks ago, our, our, uh, our offshoot of Exodus 90 is Pentecost 365. And the focus is really to help cultivate a way of life, um, not just in Lent and Advent, but what are the fundamentals? And one of the men very candidly said, you know, I have to tell you, you know, they got a number of kids and they love each other and they're, they're into their faith and the adoration and rosary, but they struggle praying together in particular. So maybe in particular, share with us your life together in praying with, for each other and how valuable that's been. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's that's really important. I, I've heard I've heard that a lot, and you know, talking to to my parents and other and other married couples of that age, uh, I guess I I guess didn't really inquire on that. Uh, but it's been a, it's been kind of sad to see, and I'm sure you see this all the time about that it is it is uncomfortable. Um, I think that um, yeah, that prayer for us has been huge for um, just out of not necessarily inten- uh, just the lack of intentionality. We didn't choose not to, but there was a period last last fall. Uh, when we just kind of weren't praying together much at all. We just kind of found ourselves there. And, and all of a sudden, we just kind of looked at ourselves, like, oh, what are we doing? So we started doing, a, you know, just a weekly holy hour together, nothing mm-hmm. nothing too complicated. We do Mass um, holy hour. Yeah, Mass and a holy hour. Mass. Uh, even, even for Sunday Mass, Colin plays for music ministry, so that required an added level of intentionality because we're at Mass together, but not really at Mass together. Yeah. So anyway. it's hard. Yeah, it's hard doing. I do two Masses a week for of music, and so kind of takes the intentionality of us going together and praying for and with each other. Um, but it, but it was so good to see the fruit of that of just taking that time. You know, we um, we both have our own personal prayer lives, obviously, and so we try and keep those. You know, for now to our to ourselves, and I like, take our personal time in the chapel, but to have that intentional time together just to, whether that's once a week or a few times, just a, a few short times, has been really, um, really fruitful. And, mm-hmm. and and times, you know, some of our most, our most uh, I'd say, special times uh, of prayer to get together ha- has just been just, you know, hand, hand in hand, mm-hmm. um, just like begging God for, for more, begging God uh, to show us His, his, his plan, his, his ways, what He wants from us, and how we can be more like him, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's funny. Even uh, most most powerful in my in my experience was was in the mm-hmm. Toledo Cathedral, actually, Rosary Holy, Cathedral. Holy, Holy, yeah, Rosary Cathedral. Um, is that that in prayer? That I think that prayer should never substitute for conversation or relationship. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful there. That that can be crazy. But I think that 
uh, there's something really special that after you have a conversation, because we've been having some conflict, uh, just like after you have a conversation, that, to, that when it is sealed in prayer, mm-hmm. uh, it takes it to, it just takes it somewhere else, and it, and it takes it to a different level, and mm-hmm. I think it really uh, makes your conversation transcend and have lasting uh, positive effect. Would you, mm-hmm. would you agree with that, Anne? Yeah, that's so beautifully said. Um, and I think with that, there's a really humbling reality of I can't fill the gaps in Colin's heart, and he can't fill the gaps in mine. And I think that going to prayer brings peace in that of just, okay, I want to affirm him so many different ways, and I want to speak truth in so many different ways, and I can't, but we can walk to the to the abundant well together where there's abundant life, which is the heart of the Father. And so being able to do that together is and just hand off your significant other um, to the Lord in that moment together mutually, and there's just like a beautiful gift of self then that happens in that too. Um, it's just it's just really special, and we like doing liturgy the hours together. Um, yeah. Also, that's another really cool awesome. way to pray together. And even just yeah, Colin's been reading um, Saint Francis de Sales, and so he'll share little tidbits from that, and I'll send him my Bethel music videos. And <laughs> but that's how we roll. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just need to break in quickly, and um, the phone rang a bit ago, Annie, and you had a special phone call. Fan? Fan. Fan call? From uh, Frank. From Frank to Bubbles. Many fans. Many fans. Um, Colin, I know you're going to need to scoot out a little sooner um, than Annie, but what words of wisdom in addition to all that you've shared, which has been so beautiful, but speaking specifically to men in relationship as a spiritual leader, like what, how important is it? Give a portrait of it. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I think, and this goes for, for leading in spirituality and, and, and with everything, just like, just the, just the, um, the, the power that, that you have, that I have, that, that it's hard for me to accept and realize, is, uh, whether it be, you know, just just reaching out and, you know, Annie's at work and I, I visit her when I shouldn't have because I was working. Um, <laughs> that, like, that power uh, is so affect you know, it affects her so much, and it, it can affect the rest of her day, and she'll tell me that. And uh, I think that, that men sometimes forget uh, the ways in which women want to be loved. Mm-hmm. I see that in my, my parents. And just sometimes I'm like, Dad, if you just did this right, then then <laughs> I would be so happy. And, but yeah, then I miss those things in, in my own relationship. It's kind of funny. But I think our spiritual perspective is that, um, and i got to be careful to choose, you know, i got to choose my words carefully here, um, that that it is it's so inherently masculine um, to initiate to initiate prayer, to initiate mm-hmm. um, that, that time of prayer, to initiate relationship with God for you and with others. Is that mm-hmm. is a woman capable of doing that? Oh yeah, like totally. And and women are great at it. But but I think that and especially in my relationship with Annie that um that she she wants me to lead and, and so it's she will lead if she if she needs to or picks up my slack for sure. Uh but there's always just an open invitation to I am the leader. Mm-hmm. Um who is doing the anaphons or do liturgy hours or like that. That she gives me that space to lead. Uh, but I think I, I and I accept it because cause like that is my role, and and then I think in the context of a family, it becomes so much more clear and so obvious. Um, 
obviously, you know, image of God, image of the Trinity. It's such a beautiful way to understand the family, and the family actually helps us understand the Trinity. Uh, but that initiation by the Father uh, to love the Son, and then their love having the, you know, producing the Holy Spirit. Don't quote me on my exact theology there, you know. <laughs> You're doing You're good. good. You're good. But that is, just, that is just an amazing image for both ways. Like, I don't, it's so hard to understand the Trinity with that family, and so hard to understand the family with that Trinity. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really beautiful to see that. And so I think that, that that would be my advice, is looking to the looking to the mystery of the relationship between the persons of the Trinity to find what the man, how the man is supposed to act. And that's quite the standard, but um, but it's but it's a good one, and we have a whole book about it. And uh, it's been, yeah, it's just really that that has been huge for me as I as I start to learn about that and and find those, those small little practical applications of it. That's awesome. So honestly, um, yeah, honestly, I'm learning so much, and I uh, it's good to be around other couples. I think that's another huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the men, yeah, men, including myself, just need to have more confidence. Uh, is that I cannot think of a single woman that is at all into her face that if the man just said, let's do this, let's go, we're going to pray rosary in the car today instead of, you know, listen to some, uh, listen to some dumb podcast like the Colin and Annie show. We're going to do this. No woman is going to say no to that. Right. And, and, right. and I think that's what, uh, and that women want to be led in that way. Oh, and that so men right. have a special opportunity uh, to, to initiate that. That, that spiritual life. Awesome. You, you know, as you were okay. talking about that Trinitarian vision, there's a great organization out there that uh, is all about that. I'll have to tell you about it later, Image Trinity. All right, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. um, that joke every show. <laughs> sorry. So, um, a segue, just a little bit, because what I love that where you went was as you were speaking, both of you were speaking, this idea that is a challenge today for many people, simply put, is that many of us have received the lie to think we can create truth instead of recognizing that the truth created us. The audacity to think we can you know, form truth instead of realizing truth formed us. And the fact that we have this wealth in our faith of teaching that truly is not just this conceptual on the board, isn't that nice to study it out there, but that truly defines the architecture of the human person, the architecture of desire and love and fulfillment. And if we would just open our hearts and minds to pursue that formation. So the segue is this, Annie, I know you, you, well, first of all, you're both at a Catholic campus, a good, faithful Catholic campus, imperfect like any place, but you, you're you around that and the atmosphere and teaching there. But in particular, Annie, you have some teachers this semester that I know you're really excited about. How has that edified and in giving insight to your truth, the truth of your nature as you've been experiencing it with Colin? Yeah, so actually, super cool. Colin is in both of those classes with me, so we're in Theology of the Body and Philosophy of Love right now. Um, And it's just been really beautiful to read Theology of the Body from the perspective of just being a woman in a serious relationship, Um, especially when you guys did such a good job raising us um, with Theology of the Body. Um, Just I... I was sharing with Colin, I even remember when you'd be changing our diapers and you'd be like, you're sacred and holy and things like that. Um, so it's cool. The things that just are, were a normal part of the fabric of our home that I thought kind of everybody else did were actually really abnormal <laughs> and kind of weird. <laughs> Not in a bad way, mm. um, but just from culture's perspective. So it's really cool to just sit with it. Um, 
particularly John Paul's writings, um, and and just like the one-liners. Like I, I wouldn't say that anything has get, changed my mind about anything, or there's been anything that I'm like, oh my gosh, I was living a certain way, and now mm-hmm. I'm hearing this truth, and so I'm going to do this. But it's just this, like, oh my gosh, so that's what's going on when I experience this love, or like mm-hmm. this desire for a gift of self, or this thing, or this thing, or this thing. It just it. John Paul II just understood the human person and loves so beautifully. And to be able to actually sit in his words for a semester is really, really cool. Um, and, and just begin to kind of touch the depth of that has been beautiful from, from the perspective of being in a relationship because it put, puts words on things that I definitely wouldn't have been able to put words on. But would you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, he, he just... Um, inspires such reverence for the other, mm-hmm. and and it and is right. And we only got we've only gotten through uh, the the first section. You know, uh, Christ appealed to uh, to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's the first section of the of the body uh, to, uh, homilies one through twenty three, I think. Um, and just like his appeal to the beginning, looking at looking at Genesis, and Genesis really has meant nothing, almost nothing to me my whole life until like I've had no exegetical experience with it and, and, and then for to have this you know and I like Annie's talking about her experience of you guys teaching her you know I had not really received much formation at all on the theology of the body and so but I was living out some of the principles of it but to hear it to hear the actual text mm-hmm. which uh, I love just reading the actual text of things not reading things about things mm-hmm. but it's just really just oh my gosh the actual thing what he says um, you know the spells the meaning of the body that is something I think you can sit with, uh, for, you know, just forever. Is it <laughs> yes. like the great mystery of sexuality is something to really sit with because it's so close to the heart. That's the thing is that, mm. is that you know, uh, is that people are always getting in trouble with it because it's such a central <laughs> part of humanity. And, and so for him to finally just open up the can of worms and say, let's look at this, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it has really, it has really been amazing and, and inspired such your greater reverence, uh, and, and myself for a uh, greater reverence mm. for, for Annie and, and for all women, um, as you can look at you know, the, the creation. What is the original intent of us? What is the plan? Why are we here? What are we made for? Mm-hmm. Um, the big question. They really can change your whole perspective. Yeah. And so I think everyone should, should, should read. So I have to do a quick shout out just to your Dr. Federica, who's just a superstar, uh, who is one of your professors there. And some of you may be familiar with her name, has written some beautiful things about theology of the body and philosophy contained therein. Number two, Colin, your parents are amazing, and we know the story. They've told it. It's, it's a wonderful video out there of your dad's own conversion and story. We've got to have them on the radio sometime. But your dad's own story about uh, Humane Vitae as a doctor, and he's an OBGYN, and you know, a doctor inviting him to reflect on it. And at that time, up to that time, he'd been prescribing contraception. And upon reading it and encountering this beautiful document, Humane Vitae radically changed his life in short order, went home and said, hey, guys, things may change quickly because we're no longer going to be, you know, uh, you know, subscribing to the cultural view of handing out contraception. And who knows what that's going to mean. And God has profoundly blessed your dad as a result in so many different ways. And we hope to tell that story more. But just shout out to your parents' authenticity and humility on the journey. Journey and uh, giving witness to that, and obviously blessing so many couples across a couple states with that. So, just want to note that, and I know you know that also. Um, with the short time that we have, uh, and Colin, you let us know when you got to run here, but speak, if you will, 
to those people, all of whom are longing for love, longing to be known and to know, and God fashioned us with these desires. Speak to those young people, uh, just some basic guide, I don't know, guide ideas, important things to consider, most important things as they foray into this beautiful mystery of their nature and love and dating as they consider it. Prominent words of yeah, advice. There, I mean, there's so there's so many things, and uh, you know, and this is this is an issue that can just be an overwhelming amount of information. I do have to go in about a minute, but the thing I would say before I do go um, is is what I wish I, I wish I should tell myself every morning. Uh, it's just relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> things get so go so hyper emotional, hyper um, just everything. It just gets so crazy, especially with, um, if you're referring to just younger people, like in high school and that's, maybe that's a whole different conversation, but with everyone, I think that, and I, I see that even in, in older couples is everyone, you know, that we give these small things such weight mm. and they take over our lives. Mm. Um, Good word. and that like, we just, we just open the door for anxiety every single day. Uh, yet that door does not, it's not open when we wake up in the morning, mm. but we let it in every single day. Being in a relationship, having a job, whatever it is, whatever you're committed to, anytime you have commitment, it opens it like you have a potential for anxiety, and we just let it in, but it doesn't have to come. And I see that, and so I that would be my advice to myself every morning, and primarily, and then to everyone I know, which is 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 that you have to relax and understand that these small things happening do not have the gravity that, which you are giving them. Mm. And they are not the end of your life, and they're actually <laughs> very small. And the quicker people realize that, the quicker uh, life becomes a lot more enjoyable, especially in the context of, of of romantic relationships. So that's what I would say. And I'm sure Annie has more thoughts than that. But I do have to step out. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for thank you, having Colin. me on. God time. bless you. We love and, you. Yeah. God bless you, buddy. Thanks so much. Good words, Annie. I'm sure you have something to add, or more than something. Um, yeah, I think I totally agree with what, what Colin is saying. Um, and yeah, I think that to just, to just breathe, just to keep going off of that, um, and, and the beauty of, of, um, yeah, just, just the presence of Jesus and, and that reality, the quicker you come to terms with it, the easier life's going to be of you are not going to be able to perfectly word every feeling or orchestrate every or a phenomenal conversation every time. Um, but just letting it be normal and something that I, I was listening to, um, the Jesus culture podcast a couple months ago and they had this awesome episode about how in the church we have this thing where we automatically expect every event we attend to be like the best event ever. Like every event, that we're going into, and, and maybe maybe some people can relate to this, maybe some people can't, I can, where I'm like, this talk had better be, I'm not listening unless it has, like, all of these good things and, and is delivered this way, and otherwise I'm not going to get anything out of it. Um, and we just have this level of, of really, really, really high expectation um, of, of the lights and, and the entertainment factor and everything else. And it's really sad because a lot of times we just miss out on how God wants to reveal himself in those Beautiful. moments. And I think that um, that that is really also mimicked in relationship where I know girls around me who will have like a really good conversation or and guys will have a really good conversation with like their significant other or go through a period of whatever. And then they'll have a day or whatever, where it's like things are really off 
and they start questioning everything and, and whatever, or it's just like not a hyper emotional day or yeah. Or even like, I know sometimes like on the weekends we get to spend a lot of time together and it's awesome. Well, not every weekend, sometimes it's crazy, but the weekends that we do, we'll, you know, go on a beach trip or something like that for the day and come back. And it's hard to re-enter back into real life sometimes because when you're the thing, one of the things that's hardest about dating, I think, when you're seriously dating and you've been dating for a while is still having to schedule out time for each other. And obviously you have to do that when you're married too, but it's like when you're married, you just wake up and you're together and you know that you're going back to the same place every night and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually having to like carve out space is really annoying. <laughs> Sometimes, <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think just like letting it, realizing that you just have a normal life partner, and that's that's what it is. You're not chasing an emotional high every day. You don't need to fabricate that every day. Normal life is a good thing. And like Colin was saying, just the ways that he loves me through, like, showing up at work. Or tonight he's I, he's an RA, so he's on duty till 1 a.m., and I'm going to bring him ice cream later. Just, like, little things like that. That's just us being able to enter into each other's normal and that's actually where there's true love, I think, more than the breathtaking mm. sunset on the ocean-like <laughs> type moments. Which you can only have down there, but you could bring a little bit of up here this right. weekend, bring some of the sunset. Theoretically. Yeah, just just so that theme, folks, and I think it is so good, is the extraordinary and the ordinary. The word became flesh. And your age, I think it's a little bit more punctuated, perhaps, because there's a desire for the drama, maybe something built in there. And to discover the beauty, even of our Catholic faith, that Jesus took ordinary bread and it became the occasion of his very body and blood. But just as a fun little segue, or maybe just a little commercial, not even commercial, Steph, you got to tell the story. You got to tell the story about. about Colin's ex and how they first met in the beginning as you understand it. Cause it's a fun, ordinary circumstances of Annie and Colin. So go ahead. Cause Joseph was here. He'd have to say it. <laughs> I literally hate this. Well, it is this great buildup for something else. I should let Annie tell it so quickly. So I can put Annie out of her misery. Um, so our son, Joseph, that many of you guys, our listeners know, um, he had a full ride down to Ave Maria University where Annie and Colin are at. And as on their little Facebook page or whatever platform was set up for roommates to find each other, if you will, um, Joseph's roommate was supposed to be Colin and, um, or I should say Colin's roommate was supposed to be Joseph. So really connected, you excited, go. you know, kind of the whole thing. And then Joseph um, was called elsewhere, a.k.a. Damascus Catholic Mission Campus as a missionary. And um, so our family started to uh, affectionately refer to Colin as Joseph's ex. (laughs) And so when Annie and Colin started to date, it was just a little strange to use that phrase. I will say this. As a father, um, what's exciting and important for us as a family is to realize and God wants us to understand this, that no couple is meant to grow together apart from a context. And that um, parents and brothers and sisters form, if you will, the context, a fabric of support and encouragement. Literally, that holy communion folds into holy community by God's design. Now, we're all imperfect from that, but his design is that we know each other, that we're engaged in one another's lives. What's very moving for me is the degree to which my Schleter kids, Joseph and John Paul in particular, are very close to Colin. He spent a summer at Don't Damascus. Dominic as well. Dominic Dude. also, but they, of He's course, similar up. age. And uh, a lot of meaningful conversations they've had, even, I think, probably prior to Annie 
and uh, Colin dating, but certainly continuing throughout. So, you know, you can imagine, and obviously they, they're discerning, so pray for Colin and Annie as they continue to discern. Um, and I just, I couldn't be more proud, though, of and delighted at even meeting his parents. We've been to Colin's house twice, and, uh, and that was such a neat opportunity to meet his parents. And so to be on the same page... Do you know how awesome it is when you get together and you can tell the fun stories and laugh and history and, uh, you know, they're embarrassing me maybe, I'm embarrassing them, but it's all good. And you share faith, though. You share this pursuit of Christ um, together. It expands your world. It's a little taste, you know, really of the kingdom when you have relationships like Annie's and Colin's. And, uh, you know, again, as a father, I couldn't be more grateful and uh, for God and how he's blessed me through your relationship, Annie and Colin, and certainly through his um, parents. Thank you. Steph. Rock on. Um, Annie, getting back to the topic at hand, what um, would you say is one of the biggest obstacles for women entering into relationship or while they're dating? I mean, I know, you know, obviously when you're in those uh, confines, so to speak, of a college community, you see a lot of drama, you see a lot of heartache, you see a lot of stuff, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Um, What... So speak to that a little bit. What are some, uh, I guess, obstacles would be the, the word to authentic love in dating yeah. for women? Yeah, I think, um, I think perfectionism is a really big thing. Um, and that kind of goes in with what I was saying. I'm just like always orchest- having orchestrate what you see as the perfect conversation or the perfect moment um, or presenting yourself a certain way. And it's funny because we have like an idea of what perfectionism looks like, but usually it's there's a lot of ways that perfectionism can manifest itself. Um, and I think that it's just like being okay with the mess while at the same time just holding up that truth of not letting things be heavy. So just being okay with like, okay, this is where I'm at, and, and this is how I've been wounded in the past or whatever, and um, that is why I have a tendency to act this way, but this is how I'm going to overcome it, and this is how you can love me in this way. And even just, like, thing that I, like, will kind of do sometimes is if I'm just, like, upset or whatever and we're having a conversation, then I realize that there isn't actually – an issue and I just need attention that I'm just like, I just need attention. <laughs> so I think it's like not being afraid of saying things like that. That's and awesome. I'm really, I, I have a tendency <laughs> to not allow him to serve me. A lot of times I'm getting a lot better with it, but it's whether it's like, I want to carry all the grocery bags in because that's me loving you and whatever, or, um, I don't want like you to inconvenience yourself because it's like not necessary. Um, but I think it's just like allowing, seeing how he's loving me and allowing him, mm-hmm. giving him the gift of like Serving. allowing there to be a gap that he can step right. into. Um, I think one of the hardest things for me when we started dating was I definitely like lost friends and they weren't people that were super duper close to me, but so like not like super duper close friends, but kind of on the outskirts type of friends who kind of, I think were, jealous and not even necessarily because they were in love with Colin or something, but just because I, I was like the poster child for singlehood for a long time. Mm. And so just not really knowing how to deal with that. And that was, that was really hard. And I think that that was a lesson that I learned in that, um, was just, there's people. And I, I know that I do this too sometimes where you see somebody else 
get some sort of blessing or step into a new season or something like that and it, you feel threatened and you feel like there's not going to be enough to go around so because mm. this girl got in a relationship that means that I'm not going to or whatever which like doesn't make any sense um but I've seen that a lot and I think if anybody just has like struggled with that um just the truth of like remaining steadfast and I, I mean just like kindness is so good so even as as people are are gonna say their stuff about your relationship or not um and that's another thing is, is just finding supportive like friends who are going to be supportive of your relationship and I know in my own life there have been people that I've had to step back from because they would just like always talk about when Colin and I broke up or just kind of like make kind of negative jokes about him or, or things like that and um that was something like from the get-go that I had seen in a lot of older married couples. And, um, yeah, I'm really blessed that I have never seen this with you guys. So thank you for the example that you've shown, but who just like the girls will just rip on the guys and it's funny. And then they'll build friendships on that of, Oh, we're going to hang out and talk about how stupid our boyfriends are, our husbands are or whatever. And I just refuse to enter into that because I, love Colin too much for that. And sometimes my mind will start to go there because I know that I can be funny with something, but it's like, okay, I'm, am I really going to make people laugh, get the attention of that at the expense of his like dignity or who he is as a, as a man, as a person, as my best friend? Um, no, I'm not going to do that. So just like guarding your heart and your imagination and your humor, even in that way of who you're surrounding yourself with, and especially early on and then throughout your relationship, as you get more comfortable um, is a really important thing. And I uh, thought of the word that you guys used early on of reverence, you know, like that all ties into mm-hmm. reverence and that's such a beautiful, powerful word of truth. Annie, it's awesome having you mm-hmm. have a little bit of time left. And with that time, share this, just, you got a semester, you're, you're, you're coming in for a landing on four really amazing years we're so blessed to have seen how the Spirit has moved in your life and how you've responded. You've been a leader. You've initiated praise movements and conferences, and you've been hired by the campus to do videos and all kinds of wonderful stuff. Where is the Lord leading you, do you think, um, after Ave Maria? Yeah, so I just got a job um, down here as an admissions counselor. So I been doing some work for the admissions department and I'll start part-time soon and then transition into full-time after I graduate, which is really exciting. Um, and also like a good segue, um, into my latest annoyance (laughs) of other people's commentary. Um, yeah, so I'm staying down here because Colin has two more years, um, left of school after I graduate. And something that's really bothered me about other people's response to that has been just people kind of acting like I'm just settling or whatever by being an admissions counselor or kind of being like, Mm. okay, well, if you guys break up, do you still think God would call you to be down there or things like that? And, you know, when you get to a point that you're just choosing to trust and lay it all on the line, Mm. and that always involves risk and whatever else, um, there's there's something heroic in that and not in, mm-hmm. in terms of like, obviously we've talked about marriage. We're talking about marriage. We have a plan, you know, mm-hmm. things like that um, timeline that's unfolding and, and it's beautiful. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's really looked down upon for some reason when you allow your plans to be dictated by another person, yeah. especially um, kind of like me. I've, you know, I, I have, like I said, I just being single and whatever in the past and had all these big plans and dreams and whatever else. And it's so 
there's just relief and like I'm giving them all to the Lord and he's just, he's going to fulfill everything in his time and he's going to purify it. And I love that I'm making decisions that I, I, I just feel like, yeah, I'm just overwhelmed that I get to make decisions to love Colin with my life and with my lifestyle after I graduate. Um, and there's, I just think that there's nothing settling about pursuing the vocation of marriage. Um, and that, that is what is dictating my life and not necessarily where can I go to make the biggest worldly impact. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the Lord is, is going to bless both of us in this mm-hmm. season. Um, and it's really beautiful to kind of begin to allow our lives to just like be joined to each other's as, as we're discerning the future. So in short order, I have to say this for our listeners who wouldn't know this, but um, you've asked and explored and prayed into some hard questions We've asked you, and we've observed and journeyed with you, and it is very unique. I mean, let's just name it. It's very unique for a couple your age, and I'm just going to say it because uh, I can, you know, when I say critical, I mean evaluative, for a younger couple to be uh, mature and earnest enough to truly be considering marriage at your ages uh, in a way that anybody would say, wow, because mom and I have led you know, weekend retreats for, you know, dozens of years. We've seen the couples that have come in, and we've seen those realities, and God has profoundly blessed the two of you truly to uh, be living a kind of standard, not pronouncing you saints are perfect, but you've asked hard questions. You've journeyed together in them. And um, I don't know if many people, I wonder if even down there, can quite understand, you know, um, that that maturity, if you will. So, But what I, what I delight in, we're coming in for a landing here, is that tonight has been an honest... Um, genuine conversation with mom and me and you and Colin and uh, how God has guided you, he who is love, how he's poured himself out, mom and me and and Dr. and Mrs. Stroud and how we're having this conversation with you as you're on that journey yourselves. And gosh, Lord, you are so good and you desire such great things for us and for our children. And we just pray tonight, Lord, that you uh, make us aware of that perfect plan, that you who are love made us of love to grow in greater intimacy with you in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, to create cultures of encounter, and you want it to happen. So as we approach St. Valentine's Day, Lord, make us more aware of you who are love and who we are in you, and to live it to the full, to seek the grace of the sacraments to overflow. We ask this in your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you all. We love you, Annie. Take care. Love you too. Bye. God bless.